welcome back to the Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at X Maserati. Follow the show at GC underscore cast. Although be warned, we hardly ever use that Twitter. We are part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, follow that at Social Suplex on Twitter. Search for the Grave Consequences Podcast and the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download your podcast to get both feeds if you want. And know that the date is, the recording date is February 24. And wait, is it the 24th or the 20th? No, 25th. Pardon me. February 25th. And this is season one, episode 28 of Lucha Underground. The title is Shoots and Ladders. So a nice little pun there. Wouldn't you think so, Greg? Uh, Maybe. It, it could be better. Uh, we're going to change the title, by the way. Oh, absolutely. That's like the second like that's one of the better parts of the show each week is the new title we give it i mean if i'll use a good anytime they have a good title i'm gonna use it but they don't have a good title so yeah by the way uh i listened to because episode 26 dropped to today and i listened to that and my god it was great from like advocating to gambling um to discussions about Johnny Mundo and Alberto El Patron and how distracted we were during that discussion and such honestly just great stuff. Wouldn't you agree? What was the main event of that episode? It was Mundo and Patron. That was a good match. That was it was too, yeah. We were just we were having fun, Michael. It was better than yeah, I think I remember specifically saying it was better than Tejano's match with Patron. (laughs) Both of them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so uh, not much of note before the first match, but of course, Sir Sergio Mendoza y la Orquestra played us in again. And the one thing when we get went to the booth before the first match, Vampiro, which Vampiro over these past few weeks he's been kind of hype, but he was like especially hype and in a, and in an especially good mood uh, during the intro to the show as well. He was probably on some good meds. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe so, man. Uh, okay, first match of the night. It, it is the debut of Marty the Moth Martinez against the Lucha Underground champion Prince Puma. This was non-title. Uh, before the match started, one thing I noticed is as Melissa was making her introduction, uh, Marty was just hamming it up. Like He was even doing, like when she said the moth, he did the arm wave. Just mm. ridiculous stuff, man. He's a goober. He's they're portraying him as a goober, uh, <laughs> but he does show, especially in this match, he does show some sadism a little bit, uh, sadistic yeah. side. And he's uh, also not stupid. Like you, you can tell he's not. He is putting on a front for sure. He might be a little socially awkward and 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 gullible, but like he mm-hmm. he pulled a fast one on Puma. He pretended to be a fan and then just. Came at him like with a with a nasty clothesline. I, I gotta say, man, I don't know huge if you lariat. It was a great lariat, and mm-hmm. uh, dude, he can throw good punches. Yeah, I know it's a weird thing to say, but there's so many people that I won't name names because you can, you know, get into uh, spats of people if you insult their favorite wrestler. But there's across many promotions, there's a lot of people that can't throw a decent fake punch. Uh, so when, when I see someone that's throwing like his punches in the corner, 
they weren't those, you know, crappy punches you see where they're missing all the time or, you know, they're, 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 they're opening the fist at the last moment and just, you know, bashing into them a little bit. Um, like you ever, when guys go to the top rope and they do the double arm sledgehammer with their hands, I hit it when they just yeah. open their hands up and they just basically clap the back of their back. Like you could do a slap, like a, like a chop, but that's not what they're doing. They just basically brush their, their back with their hands. And I, wrestling is fake but let's if if marty the moth can throw good punches i don't I don't understand why no one else can yeah i'm in a bad mood yeah. today <laughs> no I, you know, it's it happens man work will do that to you if we could record on the weekends all the time we would but you know that's life um that being said vampiro of course conan was at ringside so this was full of just burial of Conan. He even put over Puma, but buried Conan. Uh, at one point, he said, that's not static or air pollution. Unfortunately, that's the voice of Conan. He just keeps coming after him, and, and that's what made yeah, this yeah. weird is uh, before when Puma and Hernandez, when we didn't know if Conan was going to you know, turn on him or side with Hernandez instead, Puma or, uh, Conan's already shown his full-blown loyalty to Puma. I mean, it's wrestling to well, so the... He could still be- betray him, but it's very. Mm-hmm. This is when Vampiro continuing a, a, fo- a few ne- needlessly is, and uh, and we've I've heard I've gone back down a rabbit hole of, of old YouTube videos and you hear on like Keep It at One Hundred, uh, they talk about how uh, Conan will say how Vampiro would go to AAA and just bury the local talent like he get him in the ring and just bury him because he could. Uh, yeah. It just proves to me more that that's more of what this is, just him yeah. just trying to be like a a problem i guess yeah so i don't know if you were listening to this podcast at the time you may not have been but and it popped me because like i remember these guys and like they were really nice dudes too but like the last real heels podcast um i don't know if you remember that at all like i follow like i, I think i still follow j man on twitter actually but they got a shout out from matt striker on commentary that was really cool that, that's like a grassroots podcast. That wasn't like affiliated with El Rey or anything. Well, they were trying to. I mean, for a while, a lot of promotions have tried to be as anti or bizarro WWE as possible sometimes, where they'll do something that is, you know, just completely frowned upon about in the WWE. Like, that's something you wouldn't see. So they yeah. think maybe it's a good idea to do the opposite and sometimes it is uh but yeah. sometimes it's not like when you say you're marking out while watching a a match yeah <laughs> uh, yeah don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and don't deal in absolutes but that is pretty cool I, I i'm not familiar with the podcast but uh, maybe one day if lucha underground comes back they'll uh <laughs> they'll give us a shout out they'll be like and thank god for the grave consequences podcast for allowing us to get a reboot and we can lie. We can tell them that we were the first podcast, like because they're not going to talk to the other guys. Like we could say, like, yeah, we <laughs> created it, Sister Suplex from the ground up, and then we invited, you know, keeping a strong style and One Nation Radio. We could just flat out lie. Yeah, uh, we, and we could probably ride hero this. For yeah, sure. and I mean, we could ride it until anyone finds out because they they won't Absolutely. talk to anybody else, like El Rey. Yeah. And and, no. and and the rest of Social Suplex isn't going to talk to El Rey. So I think we're golden. I think we got our our. our uh, Meal ticket. I think we're good. I think we just need to edit this out of the podcast for sure. <laughs> no, we can keep it in because it won't matter. Yes. Once it happens, it won't matter. 
That's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. So you alluded to it earlier, but like the the bell rings and Conan is like telling him to focus. All the while, Marty's like trying to get a picture with Prince Puma, which of course it's a it's a ploy. And Marty lariats the ever loving crap out of Prince Puma. Yeah, I thought I thought I I, I misremembered. I thought they dragged on. Marty being kind of like a goober for a longer time, and there might nope. be a few more smaller segments, but he's already a killer. Um, he's already a heel. It's no, there's no wishy washiness about it. He's a heel. Um, uh-huh. Even if I think he's a, I think he's also aware of it. He's not one of those confused heels that thinks they're actually the the baby face. Uh, but he was doing some of those moth mannerisms. He was playing to the crowd, and that usually, and that came out to be his hubris, and that's what. Uh, help puma you know get the yeah. win and it, it was succinct like puma definitively got a cl- clean strong win over him but marty didn't look like a jobber or or a, no. a loser um, yeah it showed his strengths marty, it showed... yeah no marty looked like again his hubris got the best of him like he went toe-to-toe in his debut he went toe-to-toe with the lucha underground champion and if not for his want to posture he could have landed that moonsault and maybe even won. It was weird though that because uh, I, I forgot that his debut was was against Prince Puma because I thought this yeah. I thought this this week had the had the uh, Hernandez versus uh, Puma match. I suspect that's going to be next week. Actually, yeah. that may not even be next week because of something else that's happening next week. That's what I mean. Like it's it's they're making us wait for that uh, when they just yeah. did a few weeks straight of setting it up. So it was very this this episode kind of caught me off guard a little bit with with the matches it was showing. Yeah. So again, we we alluded to Marty missing missing the moonsault after he postured. Uh, Puma landed a sick ass blue thunderbomb and then the six thirty and he got the win. Uh, what what did you think of that blue thunderbomb? It was uh, I've I've mixed feelings about it, but all good. Like he was slow to set it up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. he's just gonna he's just gonna land it." But he's still Prince Puma, so he like spun around with him before he dropped it. It was the slowest yeah. Blue Thunder, but also still a really good Blue Thunder bomb. I I I think uh, I think Jeremy's a big fan of that move, and I, I I'm a big fan of it too. I, I like the Blue Thunder bomb. Yeah, yeah, few people, and I haven't seen him do it in forever. But like, Sami Zayn could hit a crisp blue thunder bomb in like 2016, all the way to like 2018. Dude, his blue thunder. I I think uh, I think Solo Monster was saying how he wished it was his finish, but yeah. uh, everyone kicks out of it. And Sami Zayn does have an incredible. Sami Zayn is like better than I think he is so when I'm just thinking about him normally. Like he's actually like incredibly good. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. Um. Let's see. Oh, my God. Uh, after the match, Hernandez, you know, comes down the steps and Conan calls him a son of a bitch, son of a bitch. And then he calls him baby nuts. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I was waiting for us to bring this up. Oh, my did, God. Did he used to call people baby nuts all the time? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I really do. Do you? OK, here's a question for you. Do you like slap nuts or baby nuts better as an insult? Well. Between the two, probably it's so hard to choose like a one A one B situation, 
but I'm feeling baby nuts right now. Sorry if you hear a dog barking in the background. No, that's okay. I assume it's because there's a real dog in the background barking and not a ghost. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, that would be because I am recording from the car. Is it still cold down there in Texas? Uh, Oklahoma, and no, Oklahoma. it's not that cold. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know, dude. Baby nuts popped me pretty good because I was because it was kind of like I I don't know if that was supposed to get on the air because it was so not muffled but it wasn't <laughs> mic'd up when he said it. He was just shouting. Yeah. Or he had the mic and he had it by his hand and he sh- and he just called them baby nuts. I guess. Dude, I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. It it was man, and like even the crowd like they're really starting to hate Hernandez at this point. And they even give him a culero chant uh, to compliment him. Yeah, he was. I uh, love anytime, anytime the crowd bust out culero, I, I mark out so hard. Dude, looking back, dude, Hernandez was a good addition. Uh, yes. It's a shame he couldn't stick it, around. It cause... is wild to me. It is <laughs> wild to me the the one eighty that we've done on him. I dude, I remember going back to this, and I don't know why because. Hernandez, yeah. I think I think I was a little upset because he had that singles run and it was kind of meh in TNA. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. remember how long it lasted, but uh, dude, I complete 180 because I remember hating him in in, TN, in uh, Lucha, and I don't. I'm trying to think back. I, I don't remember why. I think I just blind hate, dude. Like I just yeah. it started out when we were reviewing it. I was like, man, I hate this guy, and it's one of those things where it's like, why do I hate this person? Like, and I'm a firm person believing like you can see somebody be like, oh. Fuck that guy! Like and everyone that looks like him, just by the way they carry themselves or the way they look, I'm firm believer in that. But I guess that's what happened with me and Hernandez because I, I love him in this. He's actually a great heel for Puma too, because you because he's so strong and his moves are so high impact that he actually yeah. compliments. Uh, it would be a it would be a him versus Puma would be an uh, um, an RLPW match easily. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, one thing, uh, when Hernandez is like on the steps and he's clearly not coming in, uh, Puma is like begging him in towards the front of the ring. Conan is behind him. I love the, the cinematography on it because they, sh- and it's just a background shot, but they show you Conan behind Puma teasing like, ah, maybe we can't trust him, you know? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And to me, it was like, okay, well, if there were anyone besides Conan, I would assume he's going to turn. And the only reason I assume it, that Conan wouldn't turn is because he's so, like, he can barely walk, you know? <laughs> he can, He's so crippled he can't turn. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, because the idea is like, okay, you do the Seth Rollins style heel turn from 2014 with the chair shot to the back, blah, blah, blah. Um, but. With Conan doing that, you would have to do it at like one fifth the speed. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say and take this as as something I'm saying in a vacuum because I don't I don't want to allude to future events. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to spoil what happens in the future, and I'm not alluding to to anything that could happen. Like uh, just is just in the moment how how I feel and how I remember feeling at this point when I first watched the show. I never felt like Conan was actually going to turn on puma uh mm-hmm. would you know even though that they kind of have a lot of tension sometimes it you just never get the impression that 
Conan for real is going to turn. Uh, like when we were reviewing the earlier episodes, when I was bringing up that point, that was something I felt kind of was nuanced that I, that I missed before. I was like, oh, they kind of were pointing out that Conan may not be trustworthy. But I also think it's because it's Vampiro saying it usually <laughs> that makes me go, yeah. like, nah. You know what I mean? Like, because he's so crazy, he lies about everything. You're like, all right, man, sure, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, even ba- even back when I didn't know much about Vampiro when I first watched the show, I just had the impression, like, okay, sure, okay, whatever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's no, that's a great point. It's one of those like the worst, the your least favorite person made a great point. You know that kind of meme. Yeah, it's and it can be really. It's if it's someone that's no cre- not credible at all. You know, uh, I am a firm believer that a broken clock is right twice a day. Like a fool, yeah. you can probably learn something from. But I don't. The learning and trusting are two different things. <laughs> Absolutely, they are. Absolutely. So next up, Vampiro interviewing Johnny Mundo. And okay, one, okay, one note. Mundo clearly, clearly reading from a script. Not great delivery from him here. I do love him repeatedly ducking Vampiro's question of, hey, why'd you throw Berto through the window? And I love that just the just him ducking the question as much as possible. You know, I, I was so annoyed by Vampiro in this interview that I didn't notice that he wasn't <laughs> answering the questions. Like I kept yeah. remember thinking, like, shut up. Like he like I just hate the fact that he's so antagonistic <laughs> to the interviewee. Um yeah. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about what he did in AAA. I just he rubs me. Vampiro always rubbed me the wrong way, and I didn't, I couldn't, yeah. I didn't know enough about him. But man, he is just awful in these interviews. <laughs> like I, he just, he, I know he's the heel uh, yeah. announcer. I think, he, I think he's yeah. pretty much the heel, right? Even though he's defending yeah. sexy star. Um, even though he is the heel, he's not getting heat off of baby faces. He's just punking out everybody and just getting in their face. And yeah. man, I just I go through these interviews just he's, wishing someone would swing on him. He's like the closest thing Lucha Underground had to Stephanie McMahon in regards to getting over at the expense of literally everyone. Damn, bro, that's a good point. <laughs> that's I I can Fair that's enough. I actually think I had a point about that with Stephanie later on. But yeah, that's that's. I'm fully on board of that statement. That's exactly how it feels. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mundo had a pretty good statement in here. He said, Alberto is overconfident, overpaid, and overrated. I couldn't agree more, Johnny. He's the face. He's he's over like hell in the temple, but he is not really doing anything in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you mean Patron. Yeah, Patron is not really yeah, doing yeah. much of anything besides showing up as a AAA champion. At the time, it made sense because he was a AAA champion and, and Lucha Underground were, was a spinoff and they were supposed to yeah. be a sister relationship going on there. And, and there continues to be, but um, I think contracts mess got made it kind of messy. But yeah, he – Johnny Mundo is the face in this, in this, <laughs> in this feud. Like Patron's the bad guy, but – and you're right, like, dude. He, Mundo- he did – yeah, Mundo is not intended to be the face, but he absolutely is, yes. Yeah, this storyline, like, looking back, like, I think it was just that he was a WWE champion showing up in the temple. That I think that's where he got most of his, you know, uh, reaction from. It was like, oh, crap, mm-hmm. 
you know, like when Vince McMahon or I think it was Triple H showed up at an indie show once, like you're going to lose yeah. your fucking shit. Like the people that were there when Vince showed up, they probably lost yeah. their fucking mind. I would have lost my fucking mind. Okay. There was a, uh, it was a 2006 Boston indie and Vince McMahon and John Cena were on the same indie show. Dude, it's crazy. Like how in 2006, have... like this is at the beginning of the peak of Cena's run. Dude, I think that was probably the coolest thing that those two as a combo probably ever did. Probably. Um, yeah. But um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, El Patron oh, is the deal. Oh, yeah, he's overrated. Uh, that's all. That's the only reason why he's getting his reaction is because he's an ex-WWE champion. Uh, and yeah, I was going to say that you're right. Johnny Mundo's delivery... I mean, he's still, I don't think he was a, was he a, he might've been a heel in WWE, but this is his first time as a solo heel. He has to do all the talking. Um, this is his first time as like a solo heel in a main event spot. Cause like, yeah, he did like some solo stuff in WWE's ECW, which was far and away the third, the third most, most important brand, but that's really about it. Yeah. So this is his first time on that main event stage and yeah, they probably could have, I mean, he's not a very good actor. <laughs> he no. starts to get, he gets better because he gets more comfortable with his role on and the show. And he was fine in like, because I saw Boone the Bounty Hunter and he was like fine in Boone, Boone the Bounty Hunter, but still a couple years off. I I would say that he would be perfectly fine on like a TNT drama like like uh, yep. Thunder in Paradise, Hercules, Xena. He'd be <laughs> fine on that. You know what I mean? Like those kind of shows where they're more campy. Yeah. Uh, he would be fine on something like that, where as a witty character. But uh, this is his first. He has to get. He has to develop his character. His character isn't really. He turned heel, but he's not there yet. No. I'll say that. No. Uh, I do like Johnny uh, ending the interview. He says, "This is my world," but you already knew that. And then he does the wink. And I love that you know because they edit this in post. Obviously, he does the wink, and they add a sound effect as he winks. That popped me. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. So away from the Johnny Mundo interview to Dar- Dario Cueto uh, talking to the crew, basically threatens him. He says, like, hey, you got two losers and a gimp. It's a ladder match. You better win this. You're not going to apologize to me. If you lose, you'll apologize to my brother. And oh, he says, wait, wait, wait. He says, I want you to get in there. I want you to win. I want you to make a sacrifice. He says, and if you don't sacrifice, you, you may be sacrificed. Maybe foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Next up, we've got Tejano against the Golden Warrior. I love that nickname. The Golden Warrior, Delavar Davari. I'm liking Davari in this, too, and I, I thought they did a good job of Back to his original interview, I don't remember if you said I question if he because he was on his phone. He said he liked to inflict pain. I was like, what kind of heel is this? Is he a chicken shit heel? Is he actually going to be violent? Because I didn't remember. Uh, yeah, but I actually like the kind of heel he is. I don't know how you feel, but uh, yeah. like he'll he he does want to hurt people based on the style of wrestling he did against Tejano. And mm-hmm. he's not a chicken shit heel like he doesn't just run away. No. But he will take every advantage he can get. Yeah. Any advantage. Like he's not over like if you if the sun's in your eyes, 
if you're if you're distracted by your daughter, he'll chop you in the throat. Like he's that kind of bad guy, which is I'm gonna be honest, like one of my favorite kind of heels because he's just gonna be just messing people up all the time. Yeah, no, I I would agree. I would agree. Uh, or pardon me. Here's a gym from uh, Vampiro. He says, Delavar Davari. His name sounds like a wristwatch. Oh my god. Oh man. I can see that though. Delavar. That sounds like a wristwatch brand. Uh, brand. Well, it sounds like Delaware. Oh, shut up. Yeah, Don't it's... dox me, Greg. How would that dox you? Whatever. Um, <laughs> moving forward, sir. Uh, let's see here. Tejano, oh, by the way, Davari gets in a bunch of offense here. And at one point, Tejano lands a superplex. But after he lands, he's like favoring his shoulder. And you can tell he's favoring it as well. Oh, did he get injured in this match? Uh, he may have been banged up a little bit, for sure. But that doesn't stop him from later on landing this smooth as hell leaping leg lariat. It was a good move. It should never be a finisher, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's because... Yeah, because that's uh, Zack Ryder's finisher, right? Yep. Matt Car- Cardona, <laughs> you mean? <laughs> yes, Matt Cardona. Pardon me. Um. Oh, Tejano also lands a code breaker, which, by the way, when someone the size and height of uh, height and weight of Tejano lands a code breaker, it looks like it hurts like hell. Yeah, I mean, it's it probably should pin you. I yeah. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of code breakers just because, you know, I could tell they're landing on their thighs. But if if their knees were yeah. pointed out, I'd probably like them more. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Uh, Tejano has the advantage when all of a sudden Big Rick attacks him. Um, let's see here. Big Rick says that or pardon me, Vampiro says that Big Rick has thumped a lot of guys. His words. Um, Another set of poor choice sorry. of words. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that when Davari gets his drink back as Big Rick is just wrecking shop. Uh again, Davari gets his drink back and the crowd is chanting apple juice. It's like that's amazing. Oh, I didn't and even pick like, that up. <laughs> what are the chances? What are the chances there actually was apple juice in there? It might be pretty high. I mean, I don't know. Do they have rules in Hollywood that it's, you can't it's just kind of shitty to drink while wrestling. Well, he he didn't. I don't. Did he start out drinking? Like that's pretty irresponsible. Like not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah, I'm gonna pour a beer over myself. Like that's different. But like, you know, just to uh, drink at an exorbitant rate. That's a bit much. You know. Well, I I, I don't think he drank that much. If he drank, he might. He, I'm thinking it, it was probably just like one glass of alcohol that he was sipping. I would out. imagine like some kind of girly yeah, drink they fair. made look more manly. <laughs> taking the like a Shirley out. Temple. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was oh it was God, a good heel though. He he yeah. didn't run away. He didn't just get like a cheap roll up pin. He cheated and he got a DQ. But he doesn't even care about mm-hmm. winning. He just wants to beat the crap out of you. And he's gonna be a good heel. I actually think that him and Rick would make a imagine them as a heel tag team, like because they have yeah their offenses in the same kind of category with the cheating and just a roughneck but big rick's more power whereas the uh you know davari can be more like uh, technical and and fast yeah 
No, absolutely. Absolutely. And this makes all the sense in the world because last week we got that out of nowhere, seemingly led to nothing on that show, uh, vignette between Big Rick and his cousin, the Mac. And Big Rick even said, like, hey, I'm doing this for the money. And for the right amount, I'd sell you out. Yeah, what's foreshadowing I didn't see because I remember we were both kind of like, this is weird. He he literally just became a face. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you can have a story kind of not start over, but you can have a character regress. I mean, you can. Uh, it, you, yeah. it, it, as long as you're aware that you're regressing your character, I think you're okay. I think it's when people write a character and they don't realize that they're un- – they're, doing the opposite of develop but it this is a new yeah. storyline rick sold out is he going to stay along this path of being a sellout mercenary or is he gonna remember the honor he just earned and is this going to be the chapter where he learns that he doesn't want to just be a gun for hire maybe there's something more important than money i don't know it'll be interesting to find out where things land for sure mm-hmm. so that that ends with big rick getting the appropriate you sold out chance right after we go to Dario Cueto in his office when he feels and before she even shows up he feels this presence around him and Katrina appears out of nowhere behind him and she says like hey I want to sacrifice and you know if you want to sacrifice no more this will deliver oh my god and the look in Dario's eyes when Katrina says death match, truly mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, we got to let Rich know that we have a real death match coming up in uh, Lucha if he wants to catch up real quick. <laughs> yeah, we can get him on the show for sure. Hell yeah, we could we could probably get him on the show. I bet, I bet, I bet we could squeeze out a he could squeeze squeeze out an hour. I'm sure. Think so. Well, we, he'd have uh, yeah, to watch the so. show if he if he you know finds time yeah. and it's interest. He just has to watch one episode. It's not a big deal. Well, he's busy. He's doing all that producing lately. Yeah, yeah, with his, oh, hey, look at me. I know Swerve. Are we allowed to say that on the air? Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. We'll just check with him before we air. Okay, I don't think that's a problem, but yeah. Um, sorry I, if, no, if I said I mean, anything I'm not supposed to. No, that's cool. I can edit it out. I'm just saying, like, we should probably just make sure for Swerve, not that's more so fair. for Swerve than for, because you know how they are about. No, no, no. I, who's who's Swerve? I'm talking about the thing that Russo books all the time. There you go. <laughs> no, I think we're cool too. <laughs> we'll just we'll just double check. I'm pretty sure we're fine. Um, I'll, I'll let you double check though. <laughs> so Black Lotus walking the streets of Los Angeles. And she disappears behind the car because she left the the dojo because oh she's probably tired of the fact that she keeps paying to get all these belts you know. It seemed pretty easy for her to escape when I think it was last week or the week before he basically was keeping her imprisoned against her will. Yeah, yeah. He even said like knock me down and then you can go and she couldn't knock him down. Of course, he's trained. It's so weird because I remember not caring when these segments were airing. Just didn't even. They did, I didn't even think about them while they, they aired and I saw them and then I forgot about them. Dude, it's crazy how un, not I don't want to say unimportant because it is important to the plot, but this is kind of like the story that's happening behind the scenes when you're watching a movie yeah. and then you find out like movies later something happened and you're like, oh, well, okay, that's cool, I guess. It, yeah. This is so nothing. 
Yeah. It's so it's honestly it's so blase. Cause it's not even very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I not that I was talking to a lot of people, but I can't about Lucha Underground, but I, I don't this is like very insane clown posse wrestling kind of like storyline, like a 14 year old coming up like, okay, we're going to have ninjas and they're going to be <laughs> fighting. The re- you know, it's, it's just, you know what I mean? Like when you're playing action figures, when you're a little kid, this is the kind of storyline you come up with. Yeah. And there's, there's really nothing to this. Like who, who the character characters aren't interesting unless maybe you're yeah. a huge fan of luchador, uh, luchador wrestling and you know, dragon Azteca. Because the girl's a no name. She she was you said she yeah. was an announcer. She's yeah, she, she was a ring announcer in WWE, yeah. She hasn't made a name for herself I, I no. at at this time. I mean maybe 2021, maybe she has, and I don't know about it. She could be somewhere I I don't watch. But this is a weird is it, like we said before, they they place their eggs in in weird baskets. Uh, they they choose mm-hmm. I, I just it's picked and choose from a phrase, but you know they decided to go really hard with certain characters and it's like, could they tell at the time that this wasn't working or is it maybe because they edit it maybe like once they're done recording everything and they look back and they're like, Oh, that didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It's really weird. It's really weird. But the noteworthy thing of this segment is Chavo Guerrero showing up to a uh, dragon Azteca's compound and he says, Hey, I can help you, which, uh, there's your first warning sign. A Guerrero offered you help. It's, dude. As soon as I saw it, I wrote down, "Yay, Chavo's back." And then once I heard the whole segment, I was like, oh, "Okay, so Chavo and we can edit this out." But Chavo's gonna—he offers to protect her, and as long as they they wipe away the debt that he that he owes Mexico, and he's like, "Okay, but yep. you must protect her of your life." He's just gonna like betray her to the first yeah. person he can after they wipe away his debt. For- pretty clearly yeah like okay as soon as the debt's clear like chavo and this doesn't take a genius to figure it out again guerreros in kayfabe don't trust them they don't trust each they they betray each other exactly yeah he's like i'll protect her like she's my friends like come on yeah yeah exactly that that should have been like the nail in the coffin everyone like everyone should know like don't trust him as soon as he said that, like I just saw not red because I'm angry, but alarms were going off. I was like, okay, that's that's exactly when I was like, okay, so he's gonna betray her. <laughs> yeah. Hey, here's a little trivia question for you. Do you know who a uh, former WWE wrestler, actually a former NXT tag champion, that married into the Guerrero family? Can you can you guess that? Oh, it was one of the uh Von Villains. It was the redhead bald guy. Yes, Aiden English. Yeah, he is a the um, son-in-law of Vicky, and I guess because Shawl is Eddie's daughter, so yeah, Vicky and Eddie. Where is is he, where is he wrestling now? He is a free agent at this point in time. That's a shame. I don't think I, he is rushing to take bookings right now. Yeah, yeah, he's probably got enough money where he doesn't really care. Um, yeah, he didn't. He, I don't know. If he, I guess he kind of married in the money. I'm sure the Guerreros have money. Well, plus, I mean, he was on a WWE contract for so long. And if you're like halfway decent with money management, you're probably going to be fine. I mean, if you're making 
I th- like what's the lowest employee wrestler on the main roster? I don't think like, like I don't think anyone there makes under un, on the main roster makes under uh, six figures now. You say like the lowest might make under two hundred and fifty thousand, or do they all? Do you think they start there? Uh, I think they'd probably start around like around an even one hundred grand. Even then, that's that's good money. Um, yeah, he he'd be fine. And then, like I said, I, he te- he kind of married into money. I, I I would think the Guerreros have money. Uh, yeah. So uh, he's not. You're right. Uh, to your point, like he's probably not rushing to make a booking. He's probably healing up and just staying home. Yeah, probably trying to stay healthy too, man. I mean, because I don't know. I've been fine through the pandemic, minus my acid reflux, but. Ah, some people out there, and it's wild. Some of the more healthy people I know have been, get, you know, catching it and getting sick and everything. I've been, I've gotten sick a few times, and I've every time I'm like, is it COVID? Is it? And it hasn't, thank God. But you know, yeah. the first time you, your nose starts running, you're like, oh crap, what do I? Am I gonna die? Yeah, it gets worrisome. It gets worrisome for sure. Uh, so next up, the main event. The ladder match for the Trios Championship. We've got the uh, Jesse and the Destroyers, of course, Evilise, Son of Havoc, and uh, and Helico. Sorry, I was thinking to myself laughing about Jesse and the Destroyers against the crew. And the crew attacks the Technicos during their entrance, like before they even get to the stairs. It's wild. Yeah, I went into this match, and I, I could tell you, man, this this show was. Not bad, but it was a hard get through uh, mm-hmm. at points. But I'm glad we made it to this point, you know. So at at this point in the match, I, I really wasn't invested. But this was such a good match that by the end of it, I was like, and you know, because of my dementia, like I I forgot all the spots. So everything everything was new <laughs> to me again. So I was like, oh crap! Yeah. I'm like losing my mind at some of the spots they did. They actually, I didn't think they were gonna one up themselves with some of the things. But my god, yeah. And dude, I love the grungy look on the ladders, like all the rust and everything. They, and they were did a good job on commentary to point out that that they would need tetanus shots afterwards. Yes, absolutely. At one point, Cisco dives into a ladder that's being held by Son of Havoc, knocks Son of Havoc down, and then Cisco asks, "Who's the man?" Yeah, I I'm sure it. the audience was quick to to answer that. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And one thing I wrote down, Angelico moves so crisp. It's unreal. Yeah, him and he he kind of reminds me of like a, a, well, I guess maybe a Sami Zayn, right? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I'm trying Sammy's to get something slower in his older age, but yeah. Well, he's probably, you know, they bang up, but like he does kind of like come across like uh all right, let me say it like this. Could could you have seen Angelico being the champion instead of Puma? Are they played their cards right? Hell yeah, dude. Or maybe maybe that might be too far, but can you imagine them switching Mundo with him? Oh, I think Mundo's easily, better. Dude. Easily, easily. Yeah. Angelico, like, I, the only thing for him I've noticed, and maybe it's like because he, he's not American, he is South African. But um, talking, and obviously there's not an, a, a language barrier. But he seems a little timid when he's speaking. 
Like, he definitely would need a, a mouthpiece, you know? He doesn't have... His personality comes out in his moves, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he's more technical than Johnny Mundo. Like, he knows Jave, and he's, uh, you know, knows Capoeira, and he can clearly do all these other acrobatic things. But Mundo makes yeah. up with it with his unique parkour, which it's hard it, looking back. If I were to, if past me were to look back into the future and see me saying that parkour is cool and innovative, they'd be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Because even when it was out, I was kind of like, "All right, this is, yeah, it's cool, but you know, uh, it, yeah. it's 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 a great asset to Mundo because his when he's wrestling people like Patron, like he's putting out something different than everyone else on the road. They're they're doing high flying luchador moves, but he's doing luchador moves and he's like doing weird you know runs across the wall and monkey flips and you know cat pounces and all that stuff uh yeah but i i, I could see angelico at that level on the card easily he's that crisp yeah absolutely that good. no absolutely and one thing they pointed out and like sometimes i forget how short the guys on the roster are but uh vampiro or striker one of them points out that angelico is the tallest guy in the match and i'm like he might be six foot tall like He's not really all that tall. He's not like a giant for sure. I think he might be like 6'2". Okay, that's not too bad. But he's lanky um, big though. So like... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, we forgot to point it out, but uh, there's been a uh, couple of boards on the window of Dario Cueto's office because of what Johnny did last week. Also great attention to detail there from uh, the creative for sure. But it's love- at this point that... Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I love that they cut into his. Now that the window's broken, every once in a while they cut into his into his office mm-hmm. because you can see into it. So it's, it's so I like to imagine that he's always like he's not, but it'd be nice to imagine that even on the shows when that's board when that glass is there, that he's in there pretending to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh my god. Um, let's see here. One of the window boards falls off, and Cisco grabs the other. And uh, Dario is like caught off guard by it. Yeah, he didn't see it coming. Uh, yeah, he's a great addition to any match, though. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Uh, Cisco. Oh my God! Son of Havoc and Cisco are brawling on a ladder outside the ring, and Cisco starts to go down because he's like, "Okay, I'm getting a little scared of heights here, getting you know some vertigo," and. <laughs> He goes to like a middle step on the ladder. Son of Havoc gets down, pushes the ladder over, and tips Cisco into the office of Dario Cueto. <laughs> he, he flew right in too. That was funny. He did. He did. And that's uh, that'll come back later as well. Um, I uh, Googled it, and, <laughs> and Helico is 6'3". Okay. All right. So actually, and Helico, actually tall. Um <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was. I googled it because I was like, maybe I was like six two. I was like, no, nah, he's not six two. I was thinking. I was like, let me. I was like, I'm gonna check my. I'm gonna correct myself on the air before the air, it drops, so I don't look like an idiot. And I look. I was like, oh crap, he's six well, three. I I appreciate you uh, doing that, though. I really do. Um, and Helico climbs the ladder to ascend to the roof of the office of Dario Cueto, and you could hear the crowd because, like, obviously this was filmed after the trio's final. Mm-hmm. Because the crowd just like oohs and ahs like something's about to happen, you know. It's a very good thing they aired this in order. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, or filmed it in order. And yes, yes. And um, let's see here. 
But that's when Castro comes up, sneaks up with a kendo stick and attacks Angelico. And they just did a good job of building up the suspense when Angelico was, was climbing. It, it was pretty important because um, we knew it was coming next. Absolutely. Cisco dives through the window that he was in to attack Son of Havoc. Uh, later on, at one point, Havoc is in the ring with the chair. And he is just going off on everyone and anyone. Stryker, at one point, even refers to him as Mrs. Havoc's baby boy. <laughs> Which that popped me. It's a nice McFoley reference for sure. Havoc, at one point, goes for the shooting star press with Bale on the table. But Cisco stops him. They, you know, they go back and forth on the ropes. And... Havoc pushes Cisco off the ropes through a table to the outside of the ring. And Havoc then goes for a shooting star press. And this was gross, man. Goes for the shooting star press. His chest and his head land on the uh, torso of Bale. But that's it. Like, he doesn't land it smooth. And the table doesn't break either. Yeah, he basically uppercutted his chin with... uh, Who was on the table? Bale? Bale. Yeah. Yeah, he basically uppercutted his own chin with Bale's chest. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's, Absolutely. It's not, a, it's not a fist, but his head was probably... I mean, if his, if his jaw wasn't clenched right, he probably he could have lost some teeth. Yeah, that could have been gross, man. Um, let's see here. Castro starts to climb the ladder as he's the only one standing. By the way, Ivelisse, during all of this, she has been off to the side, avoiding bumps like the plague because she's, like, shoot hurt. Yeah, I mean, her foot's in a cast, but, you know, what's she going to do? Yeah, exactly. Fall? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Castro climbs the ladder. You can hear the crowd stirring as he's climbing the ladder. Like, oh, my God, something's happening in the background. Who else? And Helico comes in. Missile dropkick. Clean as hell. Dude, a missile dropkick is, like, it's not always the most impressive move done, but, my God. Yeah. I, I was looking at this, and I was like, oh, he gets so much, not even height, just distance. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Like, with the uh, with the crossbody, it's like he had to clear height. And he had to go to a certain range. He had to measure that shot. And sure. he's probably never done it before, so he's uh, just done so no. many other jumps that he's so comfortable with his body that he knows, and his own athleticism, yeah. he knows how far he can go. Even if he's never done it before, he can feel like uh, he can just gauge it just by feel yeah no because people don't dive into the ring on the ladder they dive out of the ring usually yes yes which is kind of backwards if you think about it yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough uh let's see here it's at that point evilise comes in and slowly climbs the ladder and cisco goes to stop her but she starts biting his hand and cisco like let's go over and all of a sudden, we, we can't really see him. We can't get a good shot of him. But in the background, Angelico and Son of Havoc are holding the legs of Mr. Cisco, So he can't move. And he's just staring at Ivelisse as she struggles to get the titles down. But they win. The trio's uh, titles are retained by Jesse and the Destroyers. Once again, good for them. Uh, the finish was a little clunky with Ivelisse taking forever and a day to get him down. But again, she's probably actually hurt. So I can't be too mad at her. And she's short. She's on one leg. Yes. And if, yeah. uh, if you've ever been on a ladder, 
And if you're slightly scared of heights like myself, I, I just don't like ladders because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to fall every time I'm up there. Yep. And you can't really yep. – she had her knee on one of the, the the one of the, you know, steps. Rungs. Yeah, but you can't really push your knee all the way in once you get up to the no. top because it gets narrower before you're hitting the other stairs. So she, her basically her just her kneecap and part of her shin are on there. So she can't really rest on that, and she can't stand on that leg. And it, it was probably like they probably could have thought. I mean, they kind of needed her to be the one to go up there because they had, they had, uh, you know, made the comment like, you know, all I need is uh, my fist. I don't need my feet. And he's like, oh well, you're gonna need to climb for this. So I kind of knew, even though I forgot to finish. I was like, all right, well, she's probably gonna climb the ladder and win. Uh, yeah. But because of her height, it was <laughs> she ended up drop like any other. I think I've seen finishes where you drop the belt and the person that catches it became champion, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. So I mean, it's it's not the it's really not the end of the world. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, uh, in in kayfabe logic, it's whoever just gets the belt off and and Lucha Underground wins. But you know, it's nip. We're we're I think we're clearly nitpicking though. Like it's not. I would it, I would agree. It didn't ruin the match at all. It was just one of those things where like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, overall, kind of a slow episode of Lucha Underground. Got really good at the end, but it took some time to build. It took some time to build. Um, it, I give it. I'm going to rate it right now. Uh, I'm just going to get to it. I, okay. I give it a. I give it a flat B, just because the final yeah. match was like an A plus easily. Uh, mm-hmm. But the rest of the show was like not bad. I'd, I'd give it a, a C C minus. Uh, yep. So I'm going to give it a flat B. Okay. I'm going to go B. I'm going to go B. Um, again, main event carried it. Baby nuts was a, a great insult for what it's worth. Yes. Um, Davari and Rick, I'm interested to see where they go with that. But beyond that, really, the thing that carried the episode was the main event. So, yeah, I'm going to go B on this one as well. Well, we're and in I with guess, that. yeah, we are. I, I guess with that, we've got some other shows here on the network, and um, I actually have them up. I can read them out for you. I can do it. I do too. I do too, actually. Uh, yeah, if you, so, you want to do it, go ahead. Yeah, no problem. We got Eight Bit Suplex that covers Impact Wrestling and video games. That's hosted by Josh McLaughlin and Sandy Gaviria. That um, pretty good show, and it's really cool that we've got a video game based podcast on the network as well. Greg? Yeah. What's with the what, silence, brother? What do you want me to say about that? I want you to be like, yeah, that, it's a it's fucking great, Caleb. I love it. Well I, I thought you were gonna just read through them all. Whatever, I'll do that. Okay. All things elite, hosted by Austin S and my boy Floyd Johnson Jr as it were all things elite of course that focuses on aew damn good show damn good show you've got us of course you're listening to us already great match generator dj cooks name suggests they go back they generate uh, great matches they watch and review them damn good concept if you like indie based uh wrestling you can watch you can listen to grown men watch this shit that's with uh james vanderbeek no not Thing that no not that james vanderbeek of course 
and Chris Bryan, a.k.a. Chris Things. So if you like indie wrestling, that's your pod. New Japan pro wrestling fans, if you like, if you want to hear us, if you want to hear us cover New Japan on this network, listen, in, listen to Keeping It Strong Style that is hosted by Jeremy Donovan, the boss here. And we've got the young boy as the co-host. That's right, Josh Smith. And they do a great job. It's one of, if not the most popular New Japan-based podcasts here in the States, for sure. We've got the OG podcast of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. That's usually like a Sunday night or, you know, a Monday morning thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that covers everything from WWE, AEW, stardom as well, because you got Dr. Joshi on the show. Um, <laughs> and they also go out of the, uh, you know, outside of the realm of wrestling as well. They'll, t- they'll talk politics. They'll talk NBA. And it's a, it's a very well-rounded show. Last definitely not least my good brothers from over in scotland we got the ricky and clive wrestling show that is hosted by ricky and clive that's more wwe centric but they do also have and this is one of my favorite things they have a quiz time invitational and uh you know they'll do quizzes at the end of the show and basically anytime i go on there because i have been called the rain man of wrestling trivia i go on there and i dominate whoever whoever i'm against so one of these days, we're going to do that quiz time tournament, and I'm going to take that crown from the young boy. But until then, I will just keep studying up. So he's beaten you before? Uh, No, I have uh, never, like, I wasn't in the tournament when they crowned the first ever quiz time champion. Uh, oh, okay. That was like an eight guy thing, and it was like you had Rance and Kyle from Outsider's Edge, you had a couple of guys from. Other oh. podcasts as well. Okay. Uh, some LOP guys. I wasn't invited because I wasn't on a podcast at the time. But uh, <laughs> now you are. Which, fair enough. I'm on three. I'm on three. Just one here on the network, but I'm on three a week. Um, well, not only are you on one on the network, but you are on the longest running Lucha Underground episodic podcast on all of mm-hmm. Social Suplex. So always put yeah, that feather in your that, cap, too. I was on the best ever two episode podcast series that has ever come across the social suplex podcast network. And yeah, I think that's true. I think that's a true statement. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone could disagree. Um, That being said, folks, thank you for listening. I want you to have a good night or a good morning or a good afternoon. It doesn't matter. And you know what? To all you doubters out there that would say, oh, there's no way Caleb could out-trivia the young boy, or Caleb could out-trivia Jeremy, or Caleb could out-trivia Rance, uh, give me the chance, and I will. And you'll find out that all you have to suffer through your doubt is nothing more than grave consequences.